Welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, conversations designed to help you as you live, learn, and lead through pain. And now the host of the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, Davey Blackburn. Hello, welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. I'm your host, Davey Blackburn, and joining me, co-host, Emily Schiltz. Hi. Emily, how are you? <laughs> I'm great. You good how today? Are you? I'm really good. Yeah? Yeah. Are you surviving the summer? Yeah, so far, so good. Yeah, other than the fact that we don't have any AC in our offices. Oh, no, don't speak of it. <laughs> <laughs> it is the worst. It's the worst. Indiana summers are not that hot, typically. No. I grew up in Alabama, so those are, you know, crazy hot, but... It can get really toasty mm-hmm. when you're upstairs in a building. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Hey, this time on the podcast, we have an incredible interview. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's kind of an emotional one. Yeah, it is. Um, it's, and, but it's so good. It's so good. We get to hear from Amanda's sister, Amber, whom you know, and maybe you as a listener know as well. Um, they were just absolute best friends. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just, in fact, Amber is, is someone I call. And she'll call me if we just, we just don't know who to talk to because we kind of, we're kind of similar in personalities, emotional highs, <laughs> emotional lows. I know you didn't bank on that. No. You couldn't, you couldn't bet that one. Right. But, um, and we would just, we'll just talk and I'll, <laughs> I remember going on a run with her, uh, man, it was probably, it's probably four or five months after Amanda passed mm-hmm. and Amber and I went on a 10 mile run and I asked her one question. I said, Hey, how are you? Seriously. And for the rest of the run, all 10 <laughs> miles, <laughs> She talked the entire time, but it was so good. It was so healing. And so I'm excited about this particular episode to hear from Amanda's, Amanda's sister, Amanda's mom, and just get their perspective on things as they've been walking through healing. Yeah. And Emily, you have gotten to know them a little bit. Yeah. Um, what are some things that you admire about them? Wow. Um, I really admire that they don't know a stranger. Hmm. Um, I think from the first time that I met Amber and Robin, um, they were just really welcoming. I felt like I had known them for a really long time. And if I'm honest, like that's what I felt with Amanda too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so for that like character trait to ripple through the family, I think is a really special thing. Right. Um, the other thing that I can think of right off the top of my head that I really admire about them is that they're courageous. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I think that like in the past 18 months, especially we've just seen them like run hard after Jesus, yeah. um, set an example for everyone else who's watching them. Um, and that they're passionate. They're passionate about whatever they put right. their hands to. Um, and so I think all those things together um, have made me feel like really special to yeah. their heart. Um, but also like, uh, I really, I really care about them. Mm. Um, so I'm excited, especially for this podcast, um, to just hear uh, what's on their heart and what's on their mind and right. what Jesus has been teaching them. Right. Yeah. That's so cool. And, and, and when we talk about like, you know, you're over the hospitality of our church. Yeah. And what's really cool and, and unique about your relationship with Amanda is that you actually took that over mm-hmm. from Amanda, that Amanda kind of started that in our yeah. church. And the three of them, Amanda, Amber, and mom, they just have this hospitality gene. It's like it comes natural to them. And it's cool that the imprint of that is on our church. And yeah. Emily is the one that leads that now. And it's just really cool to have that kind of perspective and see that like the the DNA of what, you know, even part of the legacy that Amanda left yeah. in our church is that it feels welcoming and you don't meet a stranger. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're the one that's spearheading that and kind of carrying that legacy forward. And so this is really cool. It's cool to have you here. It's cool that we get to listen to this interview. And so why don't we take a listen to my interview with Amber and mom. I'm so excited to have 
mom and Amber. So mom, Robin Byers, and <laughs> Amber, Amanda's sister. So my mother-in-law, let me just give some clarity as to who I was, because this is really exciting. I, I can't believe we have to have these conversations. I love so much that, um, that we're just so close as a family, but I get to, to, to interview and ha- ask questions of Amber, Amanda's sister, and mom, Amanda's mom. I think this is a really dynamic conversation because you've got um, two of the most significant females in Amanda's life sitting down with me, having a conversation about their relationship with Amanda, how they've been walking through this grief over the past 18 months, how they've been processing it, healing from it. And so, man, just so excited to have you guys in the studio today. Studio, a.k.a. Mom's House. (laughs) Good to have you, Mom. Good to have you, Amber. What a great studio. Very hospitable. Very homey. (laughs) Good to have you. Yeah, so we're, we're really excited. I want to just kick off for the listener because... There's so many people who are asking lots of questions out there, especially um, moms, sisters. You know, here we are recording this on the weekend of Mother's Day. It's very fitting. And um, they have their own loss that they've walked through. They have their own trial, their own tragedy, their own grief, their own pain that they're going through right now. And we're trying to help them live and learn and lead in their pain. And so why don't you just begin by each of you describing to me and to the listener your relationship with Amanda. What was that like? Because it's special. I mean, each one of you had a very special relationship with her, and that's what makes some of this loss really difficult to walk through. But let's just give the the listener some context, and you guys explain to me. Amber, if you want to start. Yeah. Well, I'm so incredibly thankful for my relationship with Amanda. Um, I feel really emotional about this. Um, That's okay. (laughs) Everybody that's listening to this, they're all going to be crying too, so it's okay. (laughs) Um. So she was my little sister, obviously. She was two years younger than me. And the sad, one thing that makes me a little sad is just the relationship we had growing up because up until about junior high, she was like the annoying little sister. And she wasn't really annoying. She was actually really sweet. But I viewed her as annoying. And James and I were a year apart, so we kind of naturally were close. And so... I just think about certain memories that, um, like James and I played basketball. So we'd go out in the backyard, we'd play for like three hours and Amanda would come out and say, Hey, can I play basketball with you guys? And we're like, just one more game, Amanda, just one more game. Cause obviously we didn't want her to play with us. So she'd go back in and small, young, she was was just like, (laughs) kind of a little whiny sometimes, not in her adulthood by any means. She was the tough cookie, but when she was little from what I understand, she was a little whiny. (laughs) So she'd go inside and we'd play and she'd come out and. Amanda, just one more game, just go back inside. So, and then when she'd finally come out to play, we'd be like, oh, we're done playing basketball. We're not playing anymore. And so um, there's just this like aspect of Amanda that growing up, I didn't really have that closeness with her. Like Mm -hmm. I did, you know, in our more so in like in our adult Mm -hmm. life. Um, But I just remember this, this like pivotal moment for us was we were taking a vacation to Pensacola with my grandparents and my mom and James and we were so excited and I was like dreading it. It was a 15 hour car ride. And I thought I'm literally stuck in the car with Amanda for the whole, <laughs> like literally what are we going to do? So the, like a couple hours in, I just remember we were like having conversations about things and she just even, I mean, I think she was in seventh grade. I was in ninth grade and I was like asking her advice about things and like just having normal conversations that I would have with James. And she like had things to say. Mm. We had such rich, fun conversation the entire trip down. 
Um, we spent the whole week on the beach and we made like the most incredible memories together. Mm. And it's funny because I don't even really remember James <laughs> on that trip. I'm like, was James there? Was James there? I don't even know. <laughs> but um, it's like that was a turning point yes, for your relationship. Yes, we like bonded yeah. so much. Um, and even like coming home, our relationship never went back to where it was. It mm. just, I found myself going in her room and asking her questions about things that I was dealing with and just talking about boys or whatever, just, just having that like right. natural Sister conversation and with her. rummaging through her closet and, and rummaging her through her and, closet. You know. I don't think she was cool enough back then, but <laughs> eventually, yes, it did. But, um, I, ever since then we have gotten deeper and deeper mm. and closer and closer. And it was, um, it's hard to pick like some of my favorite memories of her because I think about literally everything from that point on was with Amanda. And mm. so the best, most wonderful moments of my life, Amanda was there for. Yeah. And so So now it's almost like everywhere you turn, yeah. everything everything that happens to you yes. right now reminds you of her because she was a part of so yeah. much of what you did. Yeah. All and your it's memories. just hard to even I'm, I feel like I'm so thankful for those moments and those memories because I'm praying and <laughs> begging God that those are going to like help me for the rest of my life. Yeah. And just, there wasn't just one or two awesome days or awesome weeks or vac Oh, we went on vacation. It was, there was, it was my whole entire life. Yeah. Um, and so I just looking back, I truly am so grateful to God that he allowed us to enter into that relationship when we did. And so I have no regrets about, mm -hmm. man, we weren't, we were, we could have been closer or I should have reached out to her. Or I should have invested more into my, my little sister's life. It mm -hmm. was, it, I have no regrets have about regrets. that. Yeah. yeah. And I, I feel like God did that on purpose, mm -hmm. almost knowing I only get 28 years with her. And really 13 of those years were just overwhelmingly amazing, like yeah. closer than we could have ever been. So I feel so thankful yeah. um, for that. That's really cool because you guys, you know, you went to college together. Mm -hmm. That's probably, too, another major turning point in your relationship is when you guys went to, well, you know, she followed you to college, obviously, yeah. at Pensacola, and you guys were running partners together when you would, mm -hmm. you'd go and you'd kind of vent on the day. Yes, and I know you did. used oh to, word. like, hold your conversations. It's like, oh, we'll talk about that well, when we go like, running Well, I'm like, we're saving that for the run today because <laughs> that's going to, we got to download that for, like, an hour. Yeah, mm. absolutely. And well, so and, you'd run together and we ran, you know, a yes. marathon together and ran other halves together and... You know, that's just always very, very fun memories for us. And then obviously the biggest one, you know, which the listener may or may not know about this, but we had a double wedding. Yeah. I always feel like everybody knows that. But you do, but I say that, that to some people. I'm so like, yeah, cool. so we had a double wedding and they're like, really? What? And I'm like, oh yeah. I mean, you just go on Facebook and you see double wedding pictures all over, but you assume that everybody knows that. Mm -hmm. But that's, I mean, can you believe, I can't believe that two sisters who would normally, you know, most of the time, girls don't want to share the limelight. Mm -hmm. That's their special day. But you guys, that wasn't just something that was like, a, oh, okay, we'll settle. And we'll just like, because dad doesn't want to pay for two weddings in one summer. No, <laughs> Which you guys he were, didn't. But, 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 yeah. but you guys like loved it. It was like yep. your idea. You said, no, let's be awesome. Let's do this. Like, why, 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 why is that? Why would you guys well, share that day? What's funny is our relationship, we are so different. Amanda and I, or we, we, yeah. even my mom, like the three of us blended so well, but we were all so uniquely different that when the we, trifecta. yes, we were, <laughs> I remember, I probably will talk about this more, but we love to like sit out in the sun. So we were sitting out one day and we were like stressed out about it because we knew we were both going to get engaged and we knew the plan was to, obviously we both wanted to get married the same summer. And so we just kept thinking, well, how is this going to work? 
Um, and we, it's, it's an idea. I don't even know. I think, how do we even know about this idea? You? <laughs> yeah. My mom's, of course. But um, it's kind of like something we talked about. And we're like, wouldn't that be so cool? But yeah, that would never happen. So when we actually sat down, we were talking through like um, bridesmaids, dresses, and colors. And we're like, this isn't going to work. We're never going to agree on. And yet we started planning. And everything we talked about, we're like, that's amazing. We're doing that. And it all lined up. And I don't know how, because we all three... I'm surprised our, even our wedding dresses like coordinated well together. And it just, it, it was just amazing to me. Um, it was, now you say that it was, it, was, it was meant to be, but you guys say that you agreed on everything. I remember well, multiple <laughs> conversations I had with her, yes. you know, I'm in South Carolina yep. at the time. You guys are all up there planning this we wedding. We eventually all First agreed. of all, most brides want their grooms to be somewhat a part of the planning process. They're, they're upset if the groom doesn't want to be a part of it. Gavin and I are trying to be a part of it. And you guys are like, no, there's no we room for you. you. We don't care. What, <laughs> we don't care. So we're, we're like, like okay, we'll it. show up. You tell us when to show up, what we're supposed to wear and we'll be there, you know, but you've got two sisters and a mom planning this wedding. There's no room for anybody else multiple times you guys are like <laughs> i'm hearing conversations from amanda she's calling me and she's like hey uh we just got an argument about this and we can't agree on this yes but it, it did all shape out As i think that whole. was really cool that was a forging it was summer so, for so you guys fun. it really was. well and it brought the three of us close together even though we went through i think that's why we went through these not fights but little like disagreements but we all eventually came to like almost like a what's the word um like a compromise yeah. like we kind of just mm -hmm. but it but our ideas just stacked on top of each other. And so we fed off of each one other. One little idea turned into something like amazing because we all three had these, yeah. you know, stuff to offer. But it was like that in life too. Yeah. I feel like the three of us are so uniquely different, but yet we all at, had something to add. And I think that's why not having her here is so hard yeah. because we kind of figured it out. We had this like, um, just the way our relationship meshed together, yeah. we all needed each other. We all needed she that personality. Yeah. 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 So to have this gigantic, Amanda was like the steadfast she was one. The balance. That, the balance. To the equation. Yeah. Because my mom and I are a lot of like, and we're, we're more mm -hmm. emotional, and Amanda wasn't. And so it came out in our wedding planning, it came out in every area of our life. And so now we, we struggled at the beginning. And mm -hmm. I'm like, and she's just, she wasn't, you could tell, there's just this balance that's off right. and and we've talked I about that, that before i mean when we were on vacation life. back in october we we're like hey it's very evident there's a there's a balance there's like an equilibrium mm -hmm. that's off here Some and energy it's, yeah. it's always like that when you go through loss there's a void there's an empty seat at the mm -hmm. table that's just a, the metaphors that you're constantly being reminded mm -hmm. of but for us there this is this it's it's a big deal like mm -hmm. it feels like an even bigger equilibrium that's off because of what amanda brought to the equation of our family and i remember talking to gavin about that and, uh, and it, it's like I had this epiphany. I was like, you know, the reality is, though, each one of us have a piece of Amanda with us that mm -hmm. she put into our lives. It's like she instilled into our lives. Mm -hmm. And so I'm different than before I met Amanda. You know, I make I make my bed now. She was the one that used to always make. <laughs> yeah. I fluff the pillows at night before I go to bed. She was the one that did that. And those are small, petty things, but like they represent something greater that she instilled some things in me and in Weston and you guys that now we carry with us. So we all mm -hmm. have a little part of her that if we can like tap into those things, it can restore balance in, in some ways, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, but, but would Gavin ever fluff pillows or make them out? <laughs> Maybe if I was gone, he would. I don't think so. No, I don't, I don't think, think so He might all. in <laughs> So what about you, Mom? I mean, your relationship with Amanda was very unique. It was mm -hmm. very, um, it's just a very cool relationship. How would you describe that? It really that? was. Um, I still remember being, um, having two children 
and going to the doctor and him telling me that day that I was pregnant with number three. Mm. And I really only wanted two kids. I remember thinking America was made for a family of four and I've got a boy and a girl and I am good to go. And that day he told me that I was pregnant. I was devastated. I remember crying and feeling very upset about it. And my doctor was a believer and he turned to me and he said, Robin, God promises he will not give you more than Mm. you can handle and it's going to be okay. Mm. And of course, God gave me nine months to get ready for her. But when Amanda was born, um, there was just something different about her. I, I told Phil for the first several years of her life, she was like a gift from the Lord. Mm. And um, her temperament was an opposite of my temperament. So her and I clicked naturally. Mm-hmm. We um, kind of energized each other. Where I was weak, she was strong. Where she was weak, I was strong. Mm. And so we could have these really um, solid, um, great conversations through the years. And um, she was just very real. Um, she, you know, was filled with like a lot of love and joy each and every day. Um, Amanda was pretty consistent. In her temperament, you know, she wasn't moody. She was just very much (laughs) the same every day. Um, She was a good listener. But um, I I had an emotional connection with Amanda. We connected emotionally. And um, I just miss that. I miss her so much. Well, I think what's powerful, too, um, is that, you know, you and dad didn't try to, with any of your kids be their friend first, right? You were their parent first. Yep. And so you didn't back away from, you know, disciplining, cultivating, developing, shepherding the heart, right? Even, even if there was, um, you know, some, some things that, you know, if, if, especially Amber, if she misbehaved, needed a spanking or whatever (laughs) it was, right? It's like, you didn't back away from that. But I think what came out of that is great friendship. Mm-hmm. Because and what happens oftentimes is today you've got all these moms who are trying to be their their daughter's best friend sure, first sure. and not being a mom yeah. and not being the example, not being you know the 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 authority in their life, and so mm-hmm. it ends up unwinding and deteriorating the whole relationship. And I just admire the fact that you went first as a mom. You were yep. you were a mom Absolutely. first, but out of that cultivated this beautiful friendship mm-hmm. too. Yep. And so yeah. that's really cool. So like, you know, you're, you're walking through these 18 months, obviously all of us, we have all these memories, you know, um, what do you do with those memories? They bring this like twinge of pain every time you feel them. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how do you, how do you cope with that? How do you process that? I know that's a loaded question mm-hmm. because it feels like in every season it's different, mm-hmm. you know, in the beginning, everything reminds you of of Amanda or the person that you've lost. And then as time goes on, you begin to figure out and create a new normal and you begin to learn, but then things will come back and hit you in waves, you know, out Mm -hmm. of nowhere. So as you're walking through that process, um, talk to me a little bit about how, how do you process those things? What does that look like for you? Everybody processes a little bit differently, Mm -hmm. but we all Mm -hmm. also have some common denominators that we should look to when it comes to processing. Mm -hmm. What does that look like for you guys? Well, for me, when the twinge of pain comes, um, which it does, um, I make a decision. I either indulge 
in it. Mm. You know, like if I'm by myself and I'm in my car or I'm home by myself, I make a choice to either indulge into it and let my mind um, think about her and reminisce about her. Um, or I put it aside that day because mm. I can't be emotional that day. But um, Amanda is, she's kind of everywhere in my life. Mm. She's in my home. She's, she's in my world. Everywhere I go, um, there are reminders of her. Um, so the pain isn't as grievous today as it was, you know, three months ago, six months ago, nine months ago, it's getting better and better. And I remember <clears throat> people would say to me, you have these beautiful memories of Amanda. And I remember saying, they are very painful yeah, to me. Yeah. So like... Yeah, that's something. Sometimes people are like, well, at least you have these great memories. And you're oh, like, well, the memories, they, they hurt. Oh, I they mean, hurt so sure, badly. Sure, I'm grateful. Yes. Because we have we don't have regrets and we don't have these like bitter, volatile seasons that we're looking back on, but it's they hurt. They hurt. Because they're not here now. Exactly. Yeah. And that is getting so much better. I'm I'm actually able to reminisce and indulge in some of that mm. now and just let my mind yeah. think about a day or a vacation or an encounter with her and not you know, get Not so get emotional. All and, yeah, <clears throat> and I think that's so important <clears throat> to realize. I know people told me that in the beginning. They were like, hey, at some point, this is not going to be an open wound. This is going to be yep. a scar. Yep. An open wound, when you touch it, it hurts. No matter where you touch it, you touch around it, you touch, I mean, it. you're reminded of it every day. Absolutely. But a scar, you look down on it and you have this memory and this story, but it doesn't hurt as bad. And so you're able now, and we're able now in a lot of ways, more than the beginning, and I'm sure it'll get better and better as it goes on. Mm -hmm. We're able to think back fondly and reminisce and be nostalgic without it being such gut-wrenching pain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's good. And the hope of heaven is a big deal for me. I really, I think a lot about people who, who where their loved one is not in heaven. Mm -hmm. And I just feel sick for them because yeah. we have that hope. We are right. going to see her again someday. Right. So it's so encouraging. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. the, the Bible said, you know, it's an anchor for our soul. The hope Absolutely. of heaven is an anchor for Absolutely. our soul. It's what keeps us grounded, and keeps the ship stable in the tumultuous storms. Mm -hmm. That's that's so true. So true. Amber, what about you? How do you process those? Because you're, you know, we joke around with you. You know this. You're high highs and low lows. It's just you're an emotional. And that's no. why you and Amanda were so, you know, and you and I are very similar in that uh -huh. way. It's like we're very emotional. Ah, I'm very extroverted. I'm very expressive mm -hmm. and very. But how do you how do you deal with that? Well, I remember the very the it was the second day, I think, that we were in the hospital. And my family in California was trying to like figure out if they were going to come out here and see us. And um, my cousin, who lost his brother, um, texted me and said, I know it probably feels like you're suffocating right now, mm. but it, I promise it won't always feel that way. Wow. And, and, and kind of just put into words like how I was feeling, because even then, when we knew she was gone, I was still... I mean, she was still in a hospital bed. She was warm and right. you could hold, I could hold her hand. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we watched those monitors yeah. even, I mean, she had a blood pressure. She had, she was just there. And so I remember thinking like, 
how on earth am I, how about, well, I never feel like I'm suffocating. There's just no way. And so I'm just so thankful that, um, that time has truly healed in a way because there was a time, especially at the beginning that like 90% of my day was spent thinking about Amanda. And so I could look at something that does not remind me of Amanda, but it reminded me of Amanda. And so, um, I remember, I almost didn't want that to go away. I almost remember thinking, I hope everything consistently reminds me of her. And it does, but at the same time, I don't think I would have wanted to live in the grief that I was in, even Mm -hmm. though at the time I, it's like I needed it and that's what I needed to heal. But now it's just longer periods of time between really hard days. The only difference now for me is when the days come that are hard, they're like really, really hard. And so it's, it's encouraging at the same time, but man, sometimes I'm like, I'm so thankful I'm home today because I just need to literally cry. And I'm, I almost feel like the same shock as when it all happened. Um, and sometimes I just let my brain do that. I let my brain like think about all the details that maybe I haven't thought about in a long time. But, um, but one thing for me, I know that has really truly helped me is writing. Mm. And it's so funny because up until this point, I don't think I would have ever considered myself a writer. Hmm. And I still don't know if I'm like, I don't. Which is crazy because every time you put something out there, people are clamoring well, to hear from you. It's amazing. You I, can put your feelings. Yes. Yeah, you're able to express that. Well, mm-hmm. it's funny because even like going through I, like high school and college, if I needed to like communicate something to somebody, um, even like dating Gavin, I know this sounds really weird, but if I if I could write it on paper and just communicate that, I did so much better than trying to say it out loud. Like mm-hmm. I can organize my thoughts and write things down and, and keep a record of like what I want to say. And, um, God, I, I truly know it's from God because what will, what would happen to me is I would think about Amanda and I would like have this one memory would just stand out to me. And so over the next couple days, I would just think about that. I love, I have a really good memory. So I love to think about like details and how I felt in that moment Mm -hmm. with Amanda Mm -hmm. and how she made me feel when she hugged me or, what she said and how, like, I can truly go back in time and like, remember that. And so I would think about the memory and then I felt like God always brought some kind of truth to it. So whether it was an attribute, an attribute, oh my word, an attribute about Amanda. (laughs) Just write it down. It's okay. Don't say it. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. (laughs) That I loved about her. I would think about that one attribute and God would literally bring some kind of like verse yeah. or or song or truth to that and i would just i would just write it down and yeah. it's amazing because i didn't have to think about it i would i would just start writing yeah. and this you know it would just fall on paper and for me i didn't realize that that was helping me in yeah. my pain and it's funny because when i go back on facebook if i look at what i've written it used to be really close together. So I'd like write something and then the next week or two, I'd write something else. And they just have consistently gotten farther apart. And I feel like that's a perfect picture of this like story and process and journey we've been on is, yes, yes, it was, I needed that at the time, but over time I haven't had to do that. Yes, I still think about Amanda and still write things down, but I love it because I can look back and I time hop. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. the greatest thing. And it brought up (laughs) something that I wrote about, I think, last Easter on Easter Sunday. And it was not only was it neat to look back and say, 
I was so broken during that time. Mm. I remember feeling so like the grief overwhelmed me in the, yeah. on that day. And here I am a year later and it is still really hard and I don't want to celebrate without her, but God has truly, you can almost see the healing that has taken right. place. And I have this like incredible record of God's faithfulness Absolutely. written down yeah. that I can say, man, do you remember two weeks after? I, I mean, the first time I wrote was on Friday, which was November 15th. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how I wrote that. I don't know how <laughs> yeah. I put that into words, but God literally helped me. And so I'm just thankful, just like Amanda journaled, we have this record of like years right. and years and years of her life and God's faithfulness to her. Mm -hmm. And that has inspired me to do that without, you know, I don't know. I just, it's, it's been the most healing thing for me. Right. And I, I hope I can do it the rest of my life. And I want to have that. Right. To share with my kids. And I to think share Davey with... can relate to that yeah, too. Absolutely. Like, yeah. I you think did a lot of writing. It, yeah. And I, and I still do. I'm, I'm processing and I get these muses of ideas or an inspiration or something. I sit down and try to process it out. And obviously writing the book was a very healing journey. And, and I think it's important for people to understand you need to process. You need to process. Mm -hmm. There, there is this, there's this tension. There's this fine line between what my counselor calls wallowing in grief and weeping mm -hmm. through grief. And wallowing is like getting stuck. It's mm -hmm. like you just get mm -hmm. stuck in this place where for years and years and years, you don't process it. You don't, you know, unpack the grief. You don't work through it. Maybe it's because you're not wanting, you're avoiding pain. You're ignoring it. You're trying to step away from it. And so, you know, we interact with people. We all do. We interact with people who they've lost and, and it was 10 years ago and they're still, in, it seems like the same place rather than rather yep. than moving forward. You know, I don't feel like you ever move on, but you move forward you and you have to it. process yeah. through this. And my my counselor told me that this happens not in poof, but in process. <laughs> right? You God does not work in poof like mm -hmm. boom, magic, I'm healed, done, right? Yep. It, he works in process and he will as you're processing, he'll give you some perspective and some yeah. divine revelation. And so maybe it means processing out loud with a counselor or with people who are close to you, your small group. Mm -hmm. For me, I was thrust in front of media, yeah. you know, outlets and on, you know, I'm pastoring a church. So I have a counseling <laughs> session every single week while I'm just like mm -hmm. preaching and sharing mm -hmm. what God's doing, but then also processing on paper, writing it out. And I think that was so cool. Just what you said that at the beginning, it was like you're writing all the time, you're having to process all the time, and then it becomes fewer and farther between mm -hmm. as God heals your your pain and as He's as He's moving you through the the process. Mm -hmm. I think that's that's just really really cool. And I've told mm -hmm. you this: mm -hmm. you need to write a book. And I know all of our <laughs> listeners would love if you wrote a book. And I'm gonna get you connected Ooh. with my writing coach so you can write a book. It's, it'd be awesome. It'd be a really really cool thing. Um, no but yeah, so so you know, processing is super important. I think that's that's tough. Um, I think that's a tough thing for people to understand and people to get, um, you know, okay. So here's a good question because what, this is a question we're asked a lot because it looks like from the outside looking in that, you know, sometimes to the, to the, to the listener out there, the person who's following this, they're viewing this, they're like, are you not like doubting God, questioning God, mad at God, disappointed in, God? you know what I mean? Like what, it looks like you're just going, okay, well, everything's good. We're going to be hopeful and we're going to, mm -hmm. you know. And I, we all know it's certainly not that. It's certainly not like we're just putting on this face because we are in 
the depths of sorrow oftentimes, Mm -hmm. you know, and this thing comes in waves, which Mm -hmm. is part of, I feel like God's grace that it comes in waves because had it all hit us as a tsunami at the beginning, it would have, I honestly think it would have quite literally killed us. Mm -hmm. So it comes in waves, but sometimes us saying like, Hey, God's good through this. There's hope in heaven. All of this stuff can look like we're just not, we've never had those moments of questioning God. We've never had those moments of being disappointed. Talk to me about that journey with you guys. Cause I know we've talked about this a little bit and we each have a little bit of different thought process through that. Do you ever have a moment where you're like, God, why? Like, or what is going on here? Or angry or I did. I, I, I did. And I'm, I'm, I'm still working through that. I still have days that it, it hits me again, where I want to say, God, why Amanda? Mm-hmm. Um, she was living, she was doing everything right. And yeah. she did from the very beginning. She was like yeah. my perfect child. So I, when I'm all by myself and on my own and deep in thought, I I do think, why Amanda? And, and you know, a lot of people have heard this, but God, why didn't you protect her? Mm. And, um, but um, I, I am learning that God is going to do what God is going to do, and I have to glorify him, right? Mm. That's my job. Mm-hmm. And I have to trust him, Um but yeah, I still get sad about that, and I still get down about it, and I, I still have days I can't believe what happened yeah. actually happened. Right. I cruise along, you know, for a few weeks, and then a trigger will come, and I can go right back to that place of, man, God, wow, 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 why, why, why? So um, I am trusting I am trusting him fully and completely in mm-hmm. this situation, Davy. because when I look backwards at my life, he has been good, 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 faithful, faithful, faithful. And if he chooses to use this situation um, to penetrate other people to, you know, towards, yeah. towards himself, that so be it. He's going to do it, and I am going to help him do it. Yeah. I'm going to help point other people to Jesus through her life. Um, yeah, that's that's so good. When you talk about looking back at the markers of where you've seen in your past life, God being faithful. Mm-hmm. You know, even you just talked about that, Amber. When it comes to your writing, you've got this this you know log now of God's faithfulness. You know, and the, the Bible talks about that, right? Mm-hmm. Where where God commands the Israelites, write down these things so that you have yeah. a log of faithfulness, yes, you know? Absolutely. So you can look back in the moments where you're feeling like your faith is waning, you can look back and go, oh, wait, no, God came through for us here and mm-hmm. here and here, and he's faithful in the past, he'll be faithful in the future. And and what we all can agree on, if we're a follower of Jesus, is that we've seen difficult seasons, God used those seasons for good. If you have enough time elapsed, he uses those seasons for good. You can tell you know, the better of your character, the betterment of you as a person that makes you grow. Those, the hardest seasons you go through are the seasons that you grow the most. And so oftentimes it's in, in a tragedy, this, this, um, just this big, this, this grave, this like, whew, it's almost like we can put a limit to God where we can go, well, I know God, how you can use those things, mm-hmm. 
but but there's no way you can use this right here. And it's like, no, actually, the degree at which the the difficult season we've gone through is the degree at which God wants to use that season, right? So if so if that's true for those situations back there, it's true for this situation as well. Mm-hmm. And he wants to use this situation in an even greater way. And he's making himself known through it. Right. And he's using us. I mean, we have had, I know you have had opportunity after opportunity, but us in our little world of Elkhart, Indiana, mm. God is bringing people to us. He is putting people in my path all the time, right. which allows me to bring glory to Jesus yeah. through this story. Um, we can be out of state and out of town somewhere and people will say, oh, I've heard that story. I know that story. And we are able to share with them how faithful God has been to us through it and to you and to you. Mm -hmm. So, And there are listeners out there who are saying, okay, I'm in a place where I'm questioning God. I'm in a place where I'm angry. I'm in a place where I'm doubting God and the goodness of God. And I, I want to validate the fact that that's very mm-hmm. real. We have those feelings, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Amber, talk to me a little bit about your, you know, as you. I was just going to say, you and I talked about this. Mm-hmm. And I said, Davey, I've like never questioned God about mm-hmm. this. And you're like, well, what about questioning versus doubting? Yeah. I said, oh, well, that's different because I have never doubted God. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I was thinking. Questioning, I started to think through like some of the questions that I had. Um, and I think the biggest one for me was, um, why did it have to happen the way that it happened? Mm, And so like, if you're going to take Amanda, like if you're going to, couldn't you have like picked something else, like anything else? Um, which is hard because I think if it happened in another way, I probably would have felt the same way. Like, Mm. did it have to be that, you know, did it have to be in her home Mm. in front of Weston? I mean, I know he was upstairs, but did Mm. Weston have to be there? Um, I the oh I hate the fact that she was pregnant. Yeah. It like I just remember thinking if you knew God knew um she was going to, this was going to happen. Why yeah. did you even let them get pregnant? Like mm. why did it have to be both of them? And yeah. so I mean why and and even of course I'm like why did you choose Amanda? And mm. why did you choose our family? Um and that it it's gotten lesser and I mean, I've thought about that less and less, but at the very beginning, Mm -hmm. those were kind of the questions. And I, but I didn't really feel like I needed an answer because I think it goes back to the doubting, Mm. even though I had these questions and we've talked about this, you say it's okay to question God. It's okay to ask him, but it never like impacted whether I, my doubt for, for God and for what he's doing. And, um, Gavin and I talk about this all the time, but if we say we believe and we we truly believe what what we believe. What we say we believe. What we yes. say we believe. Yes. Oh my goodness. Then if God came down to earth and said, Hey, this is the situation. I'm gonna take Amanda at 28, and but this is what's gonna come out of it, and this is what's gonna happen. And I truly believe if he asked Amanda, yeah. I think all of us would get together. We'd have like a family meeting about it and say, absolutely. Like, this is why we're here. This is what we're on earth. Right. We're on earth to bring glory to God, to bring people to him. And if we could see the impact, of course, we're even if we didn't see the impact, but yeah. yes, God, if you're going to glorify yourself through this, we're going to be in heaven for the rest of eternity yeah. together. What That's is right. 50 more years yeah. without her? <laughs> it stinks and it's awful. So, 
yes, I question why, Amanda, and why our family. But there is a song that says, I can't believe that you chose someone like me mm. to declare your praise yeah. um, for the glory of your name. And I still think that. I sometimes I think, like even today, we are at a park at like with pony rides. And, yeah. and this lady came up to me, not knowing we were doing this podcast today. And I know I'm nervous about it. And so she just puts her hand on my shoulder and she said, I just want you to know just the way that your family is going through this you're having an impact. And mm. um, I say, God, like, I can't believe you choose me and yeah. choose our family. And mm. so now instead of asking God why, right. I truly thank him because wow. thank you that you, that first of all, that Amanda's life was worthy of this, that she lived her life in a way that people would even be impacted yeah. by it. But also that like, thank you for, for giving us the strength to walk through this. And mm. I'm, begging God that we continue to, to do that for the rest of our life, that it doesn't mm -hmm. end. It's been a year and a half, yep. but like, you know, three years from now, we're not in a different boat. We're still yeah. continuing strong. So I've just been thanking him that God, thank you that we are able to carry this in somewhat of a way that would bring you glory. And yeah. so, Ooh, that's so good. Yeah. yeah. I have a couple of thoughts on that. Let me see if I can remember all these thoughts, but you know, you you're talking about God, God choosing us. You know, I remember in the process, somebody telling me that, God stewarded this pain to us. At first, I didn't like the thought of that. I'm like, right. why would God allow this? Why would he put this in my life and steward this pain to me? Mm -hmm. and this gal told me, she said that God entrusts his, his most faithful and valiant warriors with his most difficult tasks. Mm -hmm. And so when I, when that when that was dropped on me, I was like, you know, at first I'm going, I don't like that. I don't like the fact that God stewarded this to me, you know, that, that God even maybe had a hand in like, in putting this in my life. But then on the flip side, that God would think so highly of us, not because of that we're anything special, but that he would say, hey, you know what? I can trust this family with this kind of pain. I can trust that they're going to walk this out righteously. They're going to walk this out, you know, and, and, and they're going to walk with a limp, but they're going to give glory to me through that limp. That, that to me, that's like empowering, you know, I'm yeah. like, wow, that God would think that highly of me and my motivation now in life, there's two motivations that we get to the end of this journey, the end of this life. And I look at Jesus and he says, well done, good mm -hmm. and faithful servant. Yes. And I look at Amanda and she says, I'm proud of you. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. that's, that's, I mean, that's what it's about. And so the, you know, you think about that idea of like, man, that God would choose us. It kind of flips your perspective. And when you think about the fact that like, yeah, we're just like, this thing is, this thing's so short. Life is so short. Like let's live it. And then we're going to spend the rest of eternity with each other in heaven. It can put a new lens on your perspective and you can go, okay, I think I can endure this hardship. You know, this light and momentary affliction mm -hmm. is what mm -hmm. the Bible says, but it's producing for us an eternal weight of glory. And those contrasting ideas are really, just really powerful. And so and those, they've come alive. Those verses yeah. like that have really penetrated me and come they've come alive like peter warns us fiery trials are coming yeah. expect them and then understand their purpose right and i'm trying right i'm trying to understand the purpose of all this but and god's letting us in on some of it mm -hmm. and we don't know what's ahead right we have it no could, idea big things could be right ahead of us yeah. and in front of us. We have no idea. You, you know, and when it comes to questioning God, you're right, Amber, God's not afraid of our questions. Mm -hmm. I mean, you look at the book of Job, okay? All of the mm. book of Job, the whole thing is Job questioning God. And yet he was the righteous 
man. Like he was the man that God said, Hey, yeah, he's not going to abandon me. Go ahead, Satan, have your leash. Just don't hurt him. Mm-hmm. And so God stewarded this pain into Job's life. The whole book, he spends questioning God. His friends are going, you must have done something wrong. It was punishment, right? It's punishment mm-hmm. for something you've done yep. wrong. And, and it's like, no, no, it's not. No, it's not. And then his wife's like, curse God and die. D- stop believing that God's good. Stop believing that he's got this. Stop believing. Just he's taken everything from you, so curse God and die. And Job's like, you know what? I still believe God's faithful. I just want to know why. I just want to know, like, what's the deal? Like, why is this? And God just reminds him, hey, my perspective, my ways, my thoughts are much higher than your ways and thoughts. Mm-hmm. I was the one that hung the stars in the sky. I was the one that hung the moon up mm-hmm. here. Were you around when I did that? Mm-hmm. I've got a plan for this that is that is on the stage of eternity. And so when that perspective came into Job's life, he was like, okay, God gives and he takes away, and I will continue to glorify God through this. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, blessed be the name of the Lord. And... um and but man, in fact, God even told Job at one point, like, gird up your loins, bro. Like, put mm-hmm. put your protective gear on because we're about to go head to head with your mm-hmm. questions. I'm not afraid of your questions. God's not afraid of our questions. Mm-hmm. Often, I think we we actually get more. We're looking for results and answers when we question God. God's looking for relationship, mm-hmm. and that relationship is what brings us the faith and the strength to walk mm-hmm. through mm-hmm. these these trials. And so, I think it's okay. I want the listener to know it's okay to question God. Yep, and don't but, forget. God blessed him. Right. Twice as much as the first part of his life. And um, whether we see that here on earth or whether we have to wait till heaven, that's the promise that we look forward to is that blessings always follow brokenness as we walk in step with the Lord. And I would say too, for those who are really struggling with that and questioning God. For me, the thing that helped me the most was getting in God's word mm. consistently mm-hmm. because if you truly read through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, it literally is that same thing. It's just story after story of how God was faithful and he came through for people in the midst of tragedy. And um, I don't know, just just reading his promises literally, I couldn't question. I couldn't even doubt because it was just, it's right there. And I know for me, getting in God's word and reading through that, just, it truly helped me so much. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, here's what we're going to... no one can be God for you. Mm -hmm. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. um, No one can walk with God for you. It's just something you have to choose to do. Yeah. That's what you kind of realize is like, you know, you can't look to somebody else to yep. fill that void. You can't look to somebody else to be that it's healing south. It's the Lord can do that, the Lord alone. That's hard for me as a pastor because if someone goes through a difficult time, I almost want to come in and like rescue, rescue them. them. Or as I travel and speak and people share their stories of pain, I want to like rescue them with the right words to say or with the and I have I've had to realize like I'm not the rescuer. I'm not the Messiah. Jesus is. Mm-hmm. So I just I just tell them, hey, Jesus is gonna heal you. you have to give he's them gonna heal your you. Formula. Yeah. And How and he's... you just cast your cares on him because he cares for you. Yeah. Lay your burdens at his feet. Yeah. Don't carry this and he'll heal you. So here's what we're gonna do. This is um, we're out of time for this segment. So we're gonna pick up with part two of this next time. Um, But this was part one of my conversation with Amber and with mom. And join us next time for part two. That was really good. That was really good. I liked that a lot. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, I loved loved how um, Amber was talking about the way and the methods she used to process. Mm -hmm. 
you know, her writing. Yeah. And she's a phenomenal writer. Yes. Everything she puts out on Facebook, people are clamoring to mm-hmm. read. Like it's, a thousand shares. <laughs> yeah. It's really crazy. It's yeah. really cool. But she does a great job of that. That's part of the ways that she brought. There's a lot of different ways to process in-house. You know, what does that look like for you? How do you process? Yeah, I think um, one thing that has been pivotal um, in me processing this was actually seeing some excerpts from Amanda's journal, Mm. um, the way that she um, was intentional and the way that she communicated with Jesus um, really uh, changed the way that I pray. Um, I think I realized that... um, trying to pray not on paper wasn't productive for me, that my mind would wander, um, you know, just (laughs) distractions. Um, But that in my journaling now, I feel like my time with Jesus is is more genuine. Mm. Um, I can get deeper, faster. And because of that, I think... um, I think my healing process has been a lot different than it would have been had I not been talking to Jesus this whole time. Right. so that has yeah. been, yeah, that's been really great for me. Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. And maybe you, the listener, if you want to email into us and tell us how you process, maybe you have yeah. some creative ideas that we can share with people and just be helpful to people as we walk you um, in this process and as we journey along with you. Mm-hmm. And so those can be helpful to us too. Absolutely, so. they can be. Absolutely, they can be. So, hey, thanks for listening today. Yeah. Yeah, if you guys want to help us get the word out um, about the Nothing is Wasted podcast, um, you can go to iTunes and rate and review, um, share how it's impacted you so far. We'd love to hear that um, and love for you to share that with other people who are just perusing iTunes as well. Um, And then if you have any questions or if you'd like um, for us to answer things that are on your mind, um, you can send in an email to hello at resonateindy.com. Perfect. And um, we got part two left Yay. for this interview. Aren't <laughs> you great. so excited? I'm really excited. I want more. Yes. I want more. And so as we sign off today, thanks again for listening to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. Listen to this little excerpt from part two. Let's talk about that a little bit because this is a challenge for us, for all of us. I'm sure there's a challenge to a lot of listeners out there. How do you take the big things of God and put them into this little small mind. Mm. I do remember something that happened months ago. I remember the first time, you know, Weston knew Amanda in every picture in Mm. all of our houses, right? And he would point her out. And I remember um, one of the first few times that I was with him, tucking him in one night and following Davy's regimen, you know, of um, praying with him and singing with him before bed. I was doing that. And um, I know you always prayed for mommy and, mm. you know, asked mommy, asked Jesus to give mommy a hug. And yeah. so I would do the same thing. And I remember this certain night, he said, Mommy's with Jesus. Mm. And it, whew. Mm. And I remember walking away from the bedroom that night and thinking, wow, Davey, wow. 